Thanks for joining us. I'm Scott Rennick, publisher of CBJ. Here at Climbing Business Journal, we work to empower and inspire the professionals that work around indoor climbing. And that's what these podcasts are all about. Today, I talk with Sam Van Boxtel, who runs the popular Climbers Crag channels on Instagram and YouTube, where he's teamed up with Tom Randall to manage social media profiles for top climbing brands through their Climbers Crag agency. His roots as a route setter means he understands our culture. We talk about how Instagram can be a valuable tool in any marketing mix, whether you're a climbing gym, a freelance setter or coach, or a national brand. Lots of great tips and tricks in there. Before we begin, a quick word from our sponsors. Without them, CBJ and this podcast would not be possible. Kilter Grips has produced many of the most popular hold shapes in the world for almost 10 years. They also invented the Kilter Board, an innovative, standardized training board with intuitive LEDs that lights up the whole perimeter of the hold. Kilter is one more CBJ Grip List Awards than any other company. Learn more at settercloset.com. Butora has been building comfortable, high-performance climbing footwear since 2014. New for 2023 is Butora's take on approach shoes with two new models, the Musai and the Hexa. Both are great for approaches and route setting and will be available soon at butorausa.com. To get started, a lot of people might not have heard about you personally because you don't put yourself out there in, in front of your profiles and the work that you do. But I wanted to start like at the beginning in climbing. You've you've been doing this for a while. You began as a route setter and various other jobs in the climbing gym. Tell kind of our audience a little bit what you did before you got into media. What kind of what cred? <laughs> uh, what 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 did you do in those years before you started uh, blowing it up on socials? Yeah, I was the kid at the gym who uh, followed the route setters around and said. Hey, can I set? What do I need to do? I'll wash holds for you. That was kind of my, so I've been, I've been climbing for five years, but my entry point was just working at my local gym at the source here in Vancouver, Washington. And yeah, I bugged the headsetters enough, joined the youth team even just to get in front of them and get better as a climber. And eventually, yeah, got to start setting there. Eventually went on to headset at another local gym leading up to COVID. So yeah, kind of worked in all aspects of the gym working with the kids, kids programs, front desks, early mornings, <laughs> headsetting, buying holds, you know, a good amount of the range of things to do in the gym, not owned a gym, I guess that's still still on the list, maybe. But after you make your millions, you can, uh, you can start your own climbers crag gym chain. During those years before you got into media, do you had some formative lessons, some some things that you still refer back to during that time? And and maybe just a little bit how to, how that colored experience getting into running social medias and and uh, and marketing for other brands. Two things. First thing that I didn't realize for a lot of time is, but I'm very uh, deliverables driven, which is I didn't realize is not super normal. <laughs> but that's probably goes back to I realized later that it was from my it was homeschooled all through school, so. Everything was, we can go on this cool trip, but you got to get your extra work done. You got to get your, your grammar done, your pages that we agreed on. That was always my focus when it came into work, setting or anything. It was 
things are done almost on a weekly basis. What are the things we need to get done? And it's not hours that it takes or I don't know. It's <laughs> almost anything. If you talk to any of our team members in the company and we have like eight or nine of us that work with us and everyone will tell you that <laughs> it's all like, here's the tasks. It's tasks to be done. It's like, are people happy? Are the things that need to be done getting done? So that's kind of, I guess it's maybe not a lesson too much, but that's kind of definitely carried with me and everything I do is all, here's what we're going to do. If we do a service with you, it's like, here's what you're getting. I'm not going to say you're not getting 10 hours of us. You're getting X, Y, and Z because that's what actually really matters. And the second thing, it was the following up. It was just showing the interest, but then it was texting. You know, once you got the headsetters number, it was following up every couple of weeks and just being top of mind. And there's a line to be crossed and not be over the, <laughs> cross that line and be annoying and interfere with what they're doing. But if I would have only asked once or twice, I would not have been down the road to becoming setting and doing more in the gyms. So that also, I feel like is definitely something that's carried with me. Persistence. You wanted it and you tried hard for it. Glad to hear that from you. To jump into you know, why we're talking is um, you're like this internet sensation, right? We're sitting here today and you've built some of the more successful digital media profiles in the climbing. I understand you built your Climbers Craig Instagram to 300,000 followers in like a year. I believe you started this was this was like a school project and you did a thousand followers from scratch in like one month or something. Would you get just a little bit into where where you started on the media trajectory? You were working at a gym, you're a route setter, you were a student, and then and then this thing popped. If only it was that simple. <laughs> Somewhere in the middle of that that gym journey that I was talking about earlier from joining the youth team to end up headsetting at gyms. And somewhere in the middle is when I, it was my last year of school and I had a school project that was to try to get a thousand followers on Instagram in 30 days with what was on your phone. The point of it, I think, was to show how hard it is to grow, especially from, yeah, just to show you more of the in-depth, just the nuance to social media. And I ended up getting not quite there. I think I ended up doing it in like 32 days. Still a little upset about it, but <laughs> but it was good enough where I ended that 30 days and I had a thousand people that were waiting for another post the next day. So I just kind of kept it going. Originally, it was all, this was 2018, I think. So this was just classic water bottle footage, <laughs> I would call it now, in a gym. Me sending V5, V6, you know, not that impressive, especially by today's standards of what Instagram content is. But back in 2018, that was kind of a newish or weird thing and it stood out. So that's what got me to a thousand. Ended up doing that for several more months and got it up to around 10 to 15K. Had my kind of first existential crisis, so to speak, of like, oh my goodness, this is bringing in no money. I feel like this is a big number. Why am I not making like? Uh, everyone said, just get the number bigger and you'll bring in money. And you, <laughs> and that's not at all how it works. Because for me, I feel like on social, there's two equal pieces, which is like the growth side, but also just as big as what are you going to do with the reach? Where are you pointing people to? Do you have product, brand, business on the back end? Do you work with brands? 
all of this stuff, which I just had no idea. I was, I had no, no, no contacts in the industry, no reference or anything for what that could have looked like. So I actually stopped posting for at least a year, somewhere in that range. That was when I work had started to pick up at the gyms and I was doing, I was doing their social for my local gym. So that was like, okay, I'm not gonna do it for myself and the gym. That felt like it wasn't. So I kind of just doubled down, focused on the gym, was kind of leaning into setting and doing a little bit of social. And that led all the way up to COVID where that gym ended up shutting down actually. So I didn't have any work. That's when I kind of circled back to what I had on Instagram, which was something around still 10,000 followers. I'd slowly lost some over time. To reboot it, I kind of did 12 days of giveaways. I think this was 2020 in December. And I worked with the one thing I did, I said, if I was going to go back to it, I'd learned enough to know I got to work with brands. I got to talk to brands right away. Those are how I'm going to keep the lights on, (laughs) get paid. So that's what I did. And almost every brand I reached out to said yes to send product. I was honestly shocked. And each giveaway that I did throughout those 12 days, I said, okay, well, if it doesn't hit this, then I'm going to stop. Like this is this kind of a joke. I should go find a real job. I should go. Every single one just kept hitting above the goal. And I was like, okay, I guess, I guess there's something here. So going into January 2021, I was ready to give this a real shot. And little did I know a month later, a month or two later, I'd have my first chat with Tom Randall and ended up partnering with him. And he kind of, like I always say in every podcast, he helped keep the thing afloat. And I would not be here without him today. So was one of those giveaways, one of those 12 with like Lattice, one of his businesses? Yeah. So one of them was with Lattice and it it did well. And then we had another chat and we did another giveaway together, more integrated with him. It's still one of their best campaigns they ever did. And he was just like blown away. It brought in something like 10, 15 grand from one giveaway post. And he was like, whoa. So then we had another chat and he brought up the idea of us doing some business together. And I was like, Tom, I'm in. Whatever, we, whatever you want to do, I'm in. And Tom responds to my email like, no, 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 you, you got something cool. Like, what? We should just work on Glamour's Crag. And yeah, slowly, I, again, followed up, bugged him enough, got him over the line. And yeah. There's not many of us that wouldn't say yes if Tom Randall calls to <laughs> work with him. So yeah. you got some magic. Let's, let's keep going. Sure, man. We're in. <laughs> yeah. He's kind of a magnet, uh, has a magnetic personality, and uh, he's really interesting on camera. And of course, his climbing exploits are amazing. So he's like a he's like a partner with you. You got, this is you split your business, right? Yeah, he's a large stake, minority stake, but still a large stake in the business for sure. And we still talk every week. He's involved not too much in the day to day, but definitely in the week to week, so to speak. <laughs> so a little bit back to your lessons, I have a feeling that your story resonates with a lot of whether intentional influencers or people that just kind of found themselves, you know, I was just posting my videos, my route setting videos, my climbing videos, my training videos, and I have built this following and what, what do I do with it? Some people just keep that in the fun space. Some people want to leverage it. And so the, the world's changed a little bit since 2020. The world's changed a lot since 2020, <laughs> uh, 2019, of course. But having been through that path and taken something, kind of something from nothing into a business, maybe nobody wants to follow your footsteps and build a whole agency. We'll, we'll talk about that in just a minute. But 
there are a lot of route setters and coaches out there that are working to build their following, build their audience, and and would like to monetize it somewhat or, or at least build the benefits that they get out of it. Sitting here today in 2023, what would some tips be to you from you to these these creators? I think I would almost always recommend keep it in the fun zone if you can. I like the way that you said that because so many people. You either have to kind of go all in if you really want it to be a business thing. So I was like just talking. I think social is a great first step for a lot of people. So I think it's a good first step where it could lead to so much. Like that's, I think my story is I would clarify that building the platform was really just the training ground and the thing that led to the next steps. Because Climber Track, what it is today is not at all that. It's not like we just kept doing the same thing and got better. It's like Climber's Crag and me posting was learning the platforms and putting in my time to understand and actually do it for myself. So I think for a lot of people, if you're especially on the younger side, I think it makes sense to go for it and put time into content just to learn because you probably aren't going to make that thing work. And that's honestly okay. But that might connect you to a different Tom or to someone who leads to the next thing or you do it for a year and it kind of crashes and burns which is totally fine and then the next job you apply for you somehow end up in social or you somehow end up in marketing or you somehow end up adjacent to that and i think that skill that you developed is very valuable so i see i see social across the board youtube instagram really hard to make it sustainable especially in climbing but really great to learn the skill and to be fun because if you can make climbing content i don't know i think it's enjoyable i did it for a year with you know make nothing just because it was enjoyable so i think it's a great way to learn the skill and then to bring it to the setters and coaching because i think that's a different advice if you're a setter or a coach i think you need to before you start really taking it seriously it needs to be clear on what the the revenue plan is the funnel so to speak because it's really hard <laughs> like to be straight up Brands are probably not going to be your source of revenue. They're just like cut to the chase here. Unless you're going to be, if you want to be top 10 climber in the world, that's, if you want to be that, okay, maybe brands can help you get along. But if you're, if you're not that, then it's like, okay, are you going to run a coaching company behind it? Are you going to be a freelance setter? And the Instagram is just to help you book new gigs and to show awesome display of your skills. And if you send it to someone, They'd be like, wow, okay, there's no doubt that this person would be great to set for our competition. Those are reasonable reasons to have Instagram. But I think you need to match the effort and resources and budget spent on it with realistic outcome. If you want to scale up a coaching company, okay, that makes sense. That feels like you're building a company though, versus just a person posting on Instagram. So I think, and I guess the only other tier is if it is in the fun space, and you're like, I like posting. Keep posting and maybe you can get free stuff from brands. <laughs> that would be the bar I would set at. Like, how can you have fun and get all of your gear paid for? I think that's realistic. So <laughs> I don't know which way you want to go more in depth on, but I feel like those all are like three different people that could be listening. I think that's the, almost the definition of a professional climber these days is you get your free ropes and quick draws and crash pads and shoes. And that's not a bad thing. I'm not saying that to put that down at all. That's helpful. We all want to climb more and every dollar helps. And what I'm hearing is for these 
kind of individuals, aspiring influencers, it's kind of almost your digital resume. And I know resume is already a dated thing. I don't, I don't know how many people make resumes anymore. They make Instagram profiles and they, uh, they build portfolios. And so I, it seems like that kind of resonates with you is like, this is, this is a stepping stone. Even I could have even viewed gyms in a similar way, which we'll probably get to later. But gyms, I think, are also, I think too many people across the board think that to have Instagram, you have to post every day, which is what everybody tells you. Because for a lot of people, that is the advice. But there's also another huge set of people. Most climbing gyms I talk to, I don't think should be posting every day. Unless you're like this massive national gym chain that you want to be top of mind for people when they're traveling and all this stuff. But most local gyms should just have the best Instagram profile that matches their website in terms of answering all the questions is very simple, leads people to your intro offer, your location. There's basic questions that people need answered. And that should be the priority. Like it doesn't really matter. I do, like once a week is not a bad thing. People need to like calm down a little bit on the post frequency. If you're trying to sell chalk or t-shirts, you should be posting every day. But if you're a gym and your main source, the main purpose of it is in with when one member shares it to another member and says, hey, we should go check out the spot. It's a cool gym. They're going to send them the Instagram or they're going to send them the name. They're going to type in on Instagram the spot. And they just want to see, is it cool? Where is it? <laughs> How much is it? All, like These are the questions that need to be answered. Not, are they posting seven days a week? Like that's not, that's not the purpose. I think that fits for setters as well. I'm just thinking about the freelance setters. I haven't, I haven't done much thinking in this space, but my recommendation would be build an amazing looking profile and don't worry about posting all the time. Just have it amazing so that you can send it to someone and everything on there is top tier. It shows the comps you've been at, the gyms you've set for. I don't think you need to post to get rid of the stress of like, what's my post even of the week for people like that. I think quality is just, yeah, more people need to just build a cool profile and do other stuff, <laughs> other marketing. <laughs> Instagram's not the only marketing and networking and let the Instagram look good and be the hub for when people stop there, when people tag you. I'd say it's funny because I've heard you speak on this topic a little bit and it kind of speaks to the fact that, you know, handling these profiles for a brand, handling these profiles for a gym, handling these profiles for an individual really comes down to your goals and what you're trying to get out of it and what, how, how not only what you want to get out of it, but what re realistically will happen with this work. And uh, I love that you said, calm down with the post frequency, because I feel, feel like it's kind of the opposite of what a lot of the advice comes out because it's all about engagement now, right? And you're saying that depending on your goals, maybe maybe it's not about engagement. And from some of these businesses or or individuals, it's really about how you look. And it comes down to like someone's going to look up your profile and how does that feed look? It doesn't matter whether you're posting stories all day long, every day. When you get that freelance gig they're not going to be following your stories. They're going to go look at your profile. They're going to see what your feed looks like and they're going to make judgments based on that. That's kind of what I'm hearing. And I want to be clear on the post frequency thing here. If we ended and moved to a different topic, you could take this as I'm saying, don't worry about posting more. I wish we could have a graph that you could see right now. There's a direct 
up to the right line. The more you post per week, the more you grow. That is a fact, but you got to think about, is that the goal? Going back to the gym example, if you posted more and reached more people and did more quote unquote viral content, you'd end up reaching more people and your account would grow, but it would grow with people that are not your target audience, which then goes back to, so like every strategy we make, we start with what's the audience, what's the goals. And those have to be the blinders and filter. You look at everything because a gym with a million followers is pretty worthless or I guess it's worth something, but it's worth a lot less than it took you an investment to get there, which is just a bad use of money. So just want to clarify that like posting more does grow accounts. And there's a majority of our accounts that we work with need to post more. Like that's their problem. That is the number. They come to us posting once a month and I'm going to say, okay, we got to get this up to maybe five or seven times a week because you guys are trying to be global and no one's hearing from you. So I think it's just being honest with what the upside is and what the investment is. I guess going back to, I think that's what you said. Yeah. And to be clear, again, I think it seems like and maybe the gyms kind of in this freelance space, you would have similar advice for some of those people. And I know most of your work is with brands. So I don't think we've mentioned so far, but of course, your climbers crag not only blew up in size, you got, I think, 343,000 followers or something like that. At this point, good. Sounds pretty um, right. I keep, I keep my eye on you. And so a year or two, you started an agency and you do this work for brands. And most of them are national or international brands. I don't know who's national, only national anymore. I think everything's <laughs> international. And so most of this, like you've had a couple other podcasts and you like, you wrote an article for CBJ and it seems like most of that advice is advice targeting brands and it's good advice. And you say things like the frequency that you just talked about, like more, more is better, basically more is better. And you've talked about collab posts and things that you might be stressing about that don't matter. Hashtags and time of day quantity over quality i've heard out of you and i'm sure you're going to say no matter what well that actually no i'm going to contradict myself cuz you yeah, yeah. you've said for the brands go for it don't let perfect be the enemy of good i've heard people say get it out and it and it matters how many your posts you're having cuz that's going to build your your engagement but it seems like maybe it's obvious. I'm hearing you say the opposite for gyms and the opposite maybe certainly for freelancers. So could you talk about maybe that? This is why the whole podcast, I'm going to be talking about both sides of my head because depending on, again, the target audience and the goals, drastically, basically a T in the road. Do you go right all the way this way or do you go left all the way this way? So on the quantity versus quality, if you're posting, going back to the graph, I wish I could show it, but very clear studies show the more you post, the more you grow. So for a lot of global, international, and most times national brands as well, when they grow, there's such a big target audience that they can get, they can reach everybody. So when that video does go viral, that climbers will like, there's a good chance that those people that watch could also buy your chalk. It makes more sense to post more, grow more, reach more. If you are a local freelance setter, that's trying to get gigs in the UK as a setter, or if you're a gym that wants to reach people in your 10 mile, 50 mile radius, you do not want to reach more, grow more, 
I mean, you do, it sounds nice, but you don't want to end up with followers from India, Asia, and Europe if you're not near that. So that's why I'd honestly rather prefer and spend budget on different things than posting every day on Instagram. I'd rather spend that budget and time that you're going to do that you're going to pay someone to post seven times a week with kind of subpar content from your gym. I'd rather pay that person to do something, some promo that gets members to bring in more members and having a person in the gym that helps film the members. What if you had a staff member that would float around and film members just to make it so easy for them to have content? And again, they, they might not share it, but they might. And overall, if you did things like that, I'd way rather have that because you're reaching 50 of the right people versus a million of the wrong people. So it's more just like a budget thing. If you had the budget to do everything, do it all. Have a big number on Instagram, get a bunch of people in the door. But I've talked to the gyms, they don't have a big budget. So I'd rather have them, I'd rather have them set up their profile once, make it look great, answer all the questions, keep it simple, location, hours, intro offer, website, waiver, all the things that people need to find when one member shares it to another. Have all that good and then throw up one post a week. What's the new event coming? What's the offer? Sometimes there's things that happen you want to post about. I'm hearing maybe for a gym, your best influencer is that person down the street that lives nearby and has 150 followers and uh, loves your gym and is open to reposting because that's actually a source of leads, so to speak. For sure. Yeah. For I was also talking to a gym not too long ago. I told them you need to think about Instagram. I've actually had the same conversation with two people recently. Is You need to move, again, going back to goals. If your goal is we want to keep the members we have, the 200, 500 members, whatever it is, we want to keep them happy and keep them retained. And our goal is to bring in a couple new each month or five or 10. It's not a big number. That's the goal. So then my whole approach to Instagram is how do we comment on every time a member posts, tags us in a post? If they tag us on a story, do we start a conversation with them just to make them feel super psyched? Anytime someone posts a tag post, do we, even if it's crappy and looks bad, do we post it onto our feed to make them feel like, wow, my climbing gym just shared that post? They're going to be a member for life, at least more likely. So change everything from a one-to-many to a one-to-one. How do I have a DM conversation with someone? How do I have a comment conversation? How do I, which again, is the exact opposite to brands where I'm going to say, no, it's one-to-many. Like, you want to get in front of people. Next time they need chalk, you need to be the chalk that they think of. But again, gyms are very different. One-to-one. This was also talking to a coach. It was the same thing. She wanted to sign up a small amount of people, people in the tens. And I said, you're posting every day and getting lot, hundreds of thousands of reach. And people aren't converting because you're just posting one-to-many. You're not doing anything. To, you could easily get 20 people to sign up for something. But you're just doing posts. You're not like you're not having conversations. You're not doing the one-on-one stuff. You're not doing any of the sales. You're just doing marketing, and you're expecting sales to come. And maybe that's—I mean, I've never communicated that like that before. But I think that's the difference. Instagram maybe is more like sales and member retention on Instagram for gyms <laughs> versus marketing, where you're just trying to let everyone know about your thing because you you struggle to control who it shows up to. I love it. It sounds to me like you're advocating social media is like almost an extension to your uh, customer service. Maybe it overtakes your customer. Maybe it is your customer service. I've, I've heard of 
many folks that rely in, entirely on DMs and Instagram profile for for their like their freelance freelancing career. And you say kind of lean into it. I'd be curious if you had some. This is so I'm I'm like this old school marketer. I started where when there was no social media, there was barely barely email. You know, in the '90s, you would just broadcast. That was like that was the thing you had available, unless you wanted to pick up the phone. Fast forward, of course, the whole world's upside down, and compared to those days, it's all flipped on its side. But there's a lot of people that still have this one to many thought about marketing. Let's broadcast. Let's let's polish the message. Create a CTA, call to action, launch the campaign, and you know, reap the great benefits of that. And I think. That mindset is falling short these days and it doesn't convert. And you're like, you, you broadcast it out to thousands of people and it's crickets. One person fills out the form. Do you have some advice on the people that are still going to do that? But are, are there any little tricks to getting that to the convert? How, how to turn it from the one to many to the one to one? And Again, as an old school marketer, some of the kind of tactics that I turn to and I talk to people about turning to is just like pose questions. End your post with a question. Try to put something that's either maybe even controversial, but try to get people to talk in the captions. And then that gives you that that gives you the opportunity to jump in for the one-to-ones. That that's kind of my answer is like pepper the one-to-many with some kind of means to engage them and, and try to get them to respond. Like giveaways these days are rife with that. We do, we do a giveaway at CBJ frequently, and it's always answer this question, comment about this thing that's related to the, the product we're giving away. And of course, those, those blow up and, 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 and we see those be very effective. But do you have any tips? How do we get one, one to many to one to one? I love that I have these random consulting calls because I, I worked through this on Monday. And I'm, I literally just pulled up the notes. I'm gonna walk you through this funnel. So this was the problem with the coach. I'll, I'll leave the coach's name out. But they had this gap between Instagram and email awareness of, again, the broadcasting, they were broadcasting. And then they had this offer. And in my opinion, there was this huge gap of like, you're wanting people to watch the post, okay, and they're gonna click the link in the bio, okay, and they're gonna click the sales page. Okay. And they're going to read the info and buy the thing. I was like, that's, it feels like a pretty long leap. I can see why people haven't made that journey. So I was working with them on like, what is the gap? How do we fill in the gap on some ways that's one-to-one? Because again, we're trying to convert 20 people. It was something in that range. It was not that many. My thing I came up with them is the main thing, main homework assignment for you guys listening. I'll try to give some of the context, but it's, it's, I don't want to go too deep. It's mini chat. Uh, it's DM automation. And this is basically the next level of what you're talking about, Scott, of trying to get the conversations. But you can do that automatically and bring it to DMs so that you can have a real conversation that's not in the busy world of Instagram. It's kind of in its own little world of direct mess, direct messages. Minichat.com. I'll walk you through what this funnel looks like. So the first thing is on their reels. They have lots of reels that are reaching a lot of people, hundreds of thousands of people, because they're great, simple value reels, technique, coaching reels that people watch and get value from. They share with people, they save for later, great content. We share it on Climbers Crag because it's that good. So you can probably narrow down who this person is, but don't, don't worry about it. The first thing is at the end of those reels, 
we're going to add text on screen that says comment keyword or an emoji for a freebie for a masterclass. So if it's a technique video, it's how to how to actually do a foot switch, maybe might be the, the title of the video. At the end of the video, it's uh, comment foot switch, let's say, <laughs> comment foot switch for a 60 minute masterclass on footwork, climbing footwork. So if you commented that or a specific emoji is kind of the next level because it's just so simple. You comment that. And again, if you have mini chat running on the background, very cheap, very easy to set up, they can get a DM that automatically says, here's the masterclass video you asked for. And that sends them a link immediately in their DMs. And then what I told this person to do was to follow up a few days. I think it was like a day later. So they follow up manually and they go, what do you think of the video? Do you have any questions? Anything that I can answer off after watching that? Again, they might not have watched it. They might have watched five minutes. But now you've got the conversation started. And at the end of that message, you could say, hey, do you have any questions? Or we're also, I can also give you a free video analysis if you want, since you, since you took the time to watch the video. Now that person's having a full dialogue. That person's like, oh, yeah, I've got this uh, V6 I'm working on. And they just send it on their phone. Super easy. And now coach goes back with a voice message of all their feedback and notes. And this person goes, wow, I've, I've, I've done nothing. I commented one thing and I got a 60 minute video that's very in depth and valuable. I got this video analysis. You want to you do something for this coach now. <laughs> You're like, what, what can I do? And then the coach can follow up after the free analysis and that conversation is like, hey, this week I'm actually launching. I only have three spots left for my coaching thing. Do you want that spot? No pressure. You can leave anytime because this one was a, a membership they were running. So it's like, yeah, you can join whenever. I mean, you can cancel whenever. You can get more video analysis like this. We do coaching calls. Yeah, it's great. Feel free to join us. Oh my goodness. That sales process. Now you're not, you can send them straight to the sales page. They're already kind of sold. They like want to do something for you. And kind of how I work through the numbers. If we were trying to get like 20 at the bottom, I was like, we only probably need somewhere around 100 people to comment this thing. We're reaching like 2 million people in a month. There's no way 100 people don't comment this if we're very clear and we have something that's compelling, a reason for them to comment with a freebie. Or you could even say comment blank for a free video analysis. I could do this for you. So again, this all hasn't gone into action yet, but this is a very clear, actual way that's like, wow, that bridges the gap really nicely. And it's again, one-to-one. This person, yeah, is going to spend more time on this, but they don't need to be posting every day. They just need to be posting enough that they get enough requests to go through this whole process. And this is what we call sales, I guess, through Instagram. So it's interesting. You've never said that. I've never said that before, but this is the next evolution of my thinking about Instagram is if you're small, it's just a sales place. It's not a marketing place as much. It can be both, but I don't know. I'm psyched on that. I got a number of thoughts about that. I want to ask you, but the first thing is maybe just like, cause you're pretty good on your, on your feet. Could you spitball a funnel like that for a gym, you know, comment foot switch, uh, maybe instead of uh, that, you comment new climber and that triggers something that offers you a free day or a week pass. And how, could you convert that? Because we might like, like not have a million reach. Yeah, yeah. They might have a much smaller audience. And so the call to action needs to be valuable and it needs to be relevant. You know, most gyms are trying to get either new climbers in the door or current climbers to climb more, aka get a membership. Those are the kind of the primary 
marketing challenges for the climbing gym, how would you build a little Instagram funnel that would you just yeah. describe for that, that use case? I got two different ones, actually. Very similar. I think it's what you talked about earlier. I think I would lean into giveaways. And I'd also be, I start with everything with a gym. I think about your members. Members are your arm to the community, so to speak, because they all know several people that are in the area that they probably know at least one person who's, you know, down enough to try climbing, so to speak. <laughs> so that's my window. I'm trying to get into, I'm trying to activate those people. It's kind of my core premise here. And I would be doing either a guest pass giveaway or a, it could be a guest or it could be a membership for a month, for a year. Again, anything that's appealing to your current members and the ask is for them to tag or comment to invite someone else to join them. So basically, they're raising their hand for someone else. They're raising someone else's hand. Oh, this person could be interested. And that would be my lead collection Lead collection plan on that. Uh, even, I think you could even do gear giveaways. But the twist is it has to be very upfront, very in your face. Gear must be picked up at this location, at our gym. Because now what you're doing is you're limiting the radius of people that should enter. You'll get a few a few duds in there, a few people that didn't realize that they have to be in the area to win. But this, again, how do you target people within a driving distance of the gym with something appealing enough to get them to actually deliver, do their side of an ask? And my ask would be, hey, do you know someone who, who would be a good fit for who you want to come climb with, who, who you've been trying to convince, and now is a chance for them to say, oh, look, I could get you a free month. Come on, man, come, come join me. Or I could get you, or if you do this, I could get a free year. And now they're maybe going to do it for you. I mean, you can go granular and lots of variations in there, but hopefully that gives you some context of like, that's how I'd get people to raise their hand. Because I'd be war it's not the same as the coach example I gave. Because the coach example is the content still reaches one to many because their target audience is still global because it's an online thing. So that gyms are distinctly different where you have to work, you have more constraints. You can't just post, you couldn't post the same value clip and do the same call to action because 0.0001% of the people that respond to that, that call to action would be the right people. It'd just be a waste of time. So I would be more focused on, you could also do a thing like a, a paid boost, a targeted paid boost. I'm coming around to the idea more that paid needs to be included in the organic strategy. Because I always thought paid was a thousands of dollars commitment. And I'm realizing, and again, we're good at what we're good at. Paid is not one of those things, but I'm realizing we're running a big research project right now across six or so of our accounts. And we're testing, is paid boost worth it? Because one, the great thing is if you could do a giveaway and target and guarantee everyone's within a 10 mile radius, ooh, that now becomes interesting. Or you could push out this valuable post to people within a 10-mile radius. Wow, maybe you don't need to post every day. You just need to post once a week and make it really good and target the people and put the money that you would have spent on creating more content into getting the right distribution. Anyways, it's a whole different world that's kind of like opening up in my head. Uh, I don't really have a ton of advice or anything on it because I'm, I'm learning it at 6x speed because we have so many accounts we get to do this with. But <laughs> my eyes are being opened a little bit too. That also kind of goes back to the point of you don't need to post every day. There's something better you can do with that money. 
Fair enough. To that point, not to circle all the way back, but I had this note about this content, this uh, quality versus quantity, and that uh, maybe an established gym can have a modest pace. But to your point that the more you post, the post frequency directly relates to your increase in followers and, and your engagement that a new climbing gym, if you're launching a new climbing gym that hasn't built that follower base locally yet, it might behoove you in the beginning to be pretty active posting and, and you know, like achieve that almost critical mass. Make sure, make sure everybody that's a climber or even arm's length from a climber, friends of a climber that might be climber, try, try to get that big audience base in the beginning through your pre-sale and your opening and then, and then let that kind of slow down over time. I mean, I could give, I went pretty in depth. I've, I've spent some time with a few gym owners and I kind of have a decent game plan. Again, I'm still, honestly, I'm still trying to find the perfect gym or two to test with because we don't do almost anything with gyms. We've had conversations and consulting calls and stuff, but we've not like had a long-term partnership with a gym yet. I'm still, and if you're listening, I'm still looking for someone. So hit me up, Sam at climberscrag.com. <laughs> So I guess the higher level three-step plan is, so the step one is define the goals and audience. I just want to be clear on this. The second is make the Instagram profile a website. So answer all the questions. Again, I've talked about this throughout, but make it look good. Answer the questions, very clear, simple. And then step three, and there's three steps in here. Um, this is getting people to see that profile. Cool, now it's all set up. What else do you do? So the first thing you do is I think you want to give members a reason to create content. This is user-generated content, UGC. I basically built this company. The business and the agency is built on UGC, editing it and knowing how to utilize it in the right way. The goal would be how do you generate that? And that would be things with like Boulder of the Week. You know, you've seen that go in and out of gyms, things like that. Maybe having a specific challenge that could get you free coffee, food, shirt, guest pass, membership, to someone who does this or someone who posts about it. Again, the goal is to get more content of members in the gym. And then maybe you have, like I said, a staff member going around filming. Again, how do you lower the barrier to entry so that people know they can film and it's not weird and even film for them because most times they're there solo. So those are kind of two different ideas to generate user-generated content. And then the second step would be sharing that because what we really want is this is the retention aspect of it. I want to share the content because when I share that, that person's going to love us so much and they're going to probably make more content, which is going to reach their hundred followers that will, you know, over the year, we'll bring in two members from this one person, which sounds pathetic. But again, if you had more and more of your members actually posting the cool stuff they're up to, it'll add up for sure. So even one thing I talked to a bigger gym about was what we called a community account. It could maybe be in their actual profile, but what if it was Jim's community? I know, fill in the blank on what the gym name is. The spot community. First, I don't know, spots getting lots of love today in my head, but we all love the spot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that might be their community account. And this account is not meant to grow. It can have 50 followers. That's actually okay. Because the real purpose is you want somewhere to spam and share and make all the people that are posting and creating content in your gym psyched and be like, whoa, they my gym shared my video. I didn't think it was that amazing, but it was my first five or my first seven or my, and being able to acknowledge that and 
push it out. I think we'll keep that member longer and keep them posting more, bringing more people in. You kind of are moving that member down the down the rank. So first steps are both about current members, bringing them in, having them reach more people, create content in the gym, and like make them psyched. The third step is how to get new people in the door. Yeah, so the three different things. I kind of already touched on them, but I'm just kind of polishing up my last rant of 30 minutes. To get them in the door as the third step here is it could be guest pass giveaways. That could be memberships, year membership, anything that your current members are psyched on with the ask of tag a friend who you want to bring to the gym or who do you want to give this membership to. Targeted paid boost. So using a little bit of ad spend, I'm talking 5 to $10 a post does not need to be huge to reach your target audience, the local area. Yeah, again, there's infinite details on each of these aspects. But I kind of want to just give you some thoughts if you're a gym owner listening, like, whoa, there's so many things we could be doing. Uh, and the last thing is those local gear raffles. Again, it has to be blatantly clear first slide must pick up at gym with you know, in Denver, in Boulder, in Portland, Oregon, because if that's not clear, I think it destroy it could ruin you even faster. Because now you could get 5,000, okay, 1,000 new followers. You could double your account. And everyone who joined didn't realize it was local. And they're all Europe. And you're just like, great, now my account's kind of ruined. Because half the people don't even care about your gym. You said that before. I've heard you say like it kind of ruins your account. Could you just explain a little bit what you mean? Why Why would I my account be ruined by having more followers than and, and maybe not targeted followers? I mean, the greatest example of this is Climber's Crag itself as a big flashy number, but it was a more valuable account when it was at 80-ish thousand followers. So we went from 80 to over 300 in one weekend. I was on a family trip and we went and it was the craziest trip weekend ever because no joke, you would just refresh and it would be a thousand now. You'd refresh and it's another thousand. That was on the back of the most viral post I've ever seen. 250 million views on one video. 250, yes, almost the population of the US. (laughs) So we grew off the back of that. Sounds great. Numbers are great. Cool. But what happened after was now we have so many followers from, let's say, India and non-English speaking countries and people that are not that interested in climbing. They just thought the one clip was cool. And now what happens, let's say you have 300,000 followers and you go to post something that only climbers would like. Let's say even a a raffle that's directed to the US or a clear product that only climbers need. All those people, when they get shown, are not going to engage with it, which means that post is going to do worse. Because in a nutshell, the algorithm, Instagram algorithm, it works by showing your post to a small amount of your followers, your core, your most loyal people, loyal people. And then if they like it more than normal, it shows to bigger people. And if they like it more than normal, then it goes to more people. So the problem is you're diluting your followers when you have not your target audience becomes your followers. Because in that initial group that Instagram shows our posts to, half them might not even know what that product is or speak English or X, Y, and Z. And that means they're not going to engage with it, which means Instagram's like, this post sucks. Like I'm not going to push this to more people even though it's amazing for that core group. So that's why arguably we were several times more valuable 
when we were at 60 to 80,000 than when we were at 300 plus. Does that? Wow. The numbers don't always tell the whole story. You can be big and it can backfire unless you're Magnus. Yes. So another kind of quick rewind. I just want to speak to the listeners who are, were, were inspired by your words about uh, user-generated content, that when you go capture user-generated content in the climbing gym, there's, there's at least two things you need to think of, kind of the legal side and the etiquette side. If you're a gym or a brand that is going to collect uh, footage in the climbing gym, make sure that it's covered in the waiver. Make sure that the gym has permission from the people in the room. And that's kind of the legal side. Even if they've signed that waiver, they probably didn't read it. They might be a little offended if you're swinging a camera the direction. So do, do make sure you ask folks before you, you start recording people. Make sure that they're down with it. Most people probably these days will be. Some people won't. And please respect that. So a little public service announcement for on yeah. user-generated content in a commercial setting. Yeah, that's really great because I actually want to clarify. I think we have a different... I was not clear with what I mean by that. I mean, I'd love if the staff member picked up their phone and filmed them. I want them to have the content. I want them to be in the whole process because I want them to realize, oh, the gym will actually share it. Oh, they'll help me make content. I don't want you with a gimbal with your red camera or whatever going through like shooting. I think that makes your gym environment worse. And then they never have the content, which is kind of pointless. So no, I want them to have the content. I want to either be shooting on a phone and send it to them. I want to use their phone. Again, user generated, which means they make it, not you. You making it is, that's commercial content. No one likes that. <laughs> I've heard you say, this is a point that you brought up, Instagram isn't dead. So we've been really just talking about Instagram. And we got a little bit, a little bit more time here, but we're probably getting towards the end of the interview. So could you speak to like what's, Instagram isn't dead, but also there's these other spaces. I know you're really an advocate of YouTube. I've never asked you about TikTok, although it's about to get banned in the United States. So would you talk about like why Instagram isn't dead? And if it is dead, where else do you want to look? Like what's, what's the ecosystem look like right now? I really, 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 really don't think it's TikTok. <laughs> At least not yet. We're several tests deep, several accounts. I just, every few months, I'm like, oh, we just haven't given it the right time. We haven't done it right. I don't see anything coming out of that. The only, only thing from TikTok, and we can move on from that, is just, I just want to address it, is the potential widespread brand awareness you'll get of, oh, I've seen that thing before. Like Kilter Board is a decent example. We started an account with them. And that, I can see that makes sense in my head. You want the younger climbers and newer climbers to be like, oh, I've seen that board. I'll try that. Oh, I've seen lots of people try that. That, okay, arguably makes sense. You don't want to, you're not going to track link clicks. You're not tracking even views or anything. You just want your board there and you want everyone to have seen people climb it and you want to be active there. Okay, there's some value there. I wouldn't spend a huge budget on it, but there's some value. Basically, everyone else, don't worry about it. <laughs> so YouTube, I think YouTube, I'm more convinced of it. I did a whole podcast on the nugget with Tom Randall, my co-owner and business partner, literally with Steven about this exact topic. We just talked about YouTube. 
and why we really do think it's the future of a lot of climate media. It's hard to synthesize a hour chat into a few points, but the main thing is watch time, I think. I think brands will catch up with this and mostly brands will realize they're paying a lot of money for five seconds on Instagram or two seconds of someone watching an athlete do something while wearing a shoe or with a tag at the bottom of the post. So they're paying for that when they could be paying for five minutes watch time on YouTube where one of the top creators talks about your hangboard, your shoe, and they use it in a context that's interesting. Just for example, we partnered with Emil Abrahamson with Crimped. We do all the marketing behind the Crimped app, uh, the training app, free app. Check it out. <laughs> we do all the marketing there and we partnered with Emil and on his, not his latest video, but about a couple of weeks ago. And following that video, he put a workout into the app free to use so that people could learn about the workout in the video and then try it for themselves in the app. We added value in the partnerships. It wasn't a negative transaction. It was a win for him so that more people could try the thing and see if they liked it or just had a really nice way to guide them through it. Following that video, that was the biggest, most downloaded day, most signups of the premium, most workout logged in the history of the app, in the five years the app's been running after just doing one integration. And to be honest, did not break the budget in terms of most brands could have afforded that if they just played the move right. And instead, they're spending that money on 10 different Instagram people who are tagging them once a month in something. And it's not, it's not going anywhere. So that was one of the points on YouTube. I really think watch time, it's five seconds or five minutes. It's crazy, the difference. And one converts. There's a link people expect from YouTube to check the description, especially the top one that's pinned. People care what these YouTubers, content creators have to say because they spend hours with them over a year. Instagram people, they spend minutes, maybe over a year, to be honest, looking at a post from a top athlete. So that's just one of the reasons I think YouTube has so much legs and should be paid a lot more attention to by brands. It seems it's more in that quantity versus quality discussion again, where YouTube, I mean, inevitably as a single gym, I look at YouTube and I was like, how do I, you know, the production cost, the, the time invested to create a decent, decent piece might seem like it's not worth it. I, 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 what would you say? And it, maybe you need to take a minute and th think about it, but how, how, how would you recommend a, a local climbing gym could uh, leverage a YouTube environment? The YouTube environment. <laughs> the YouTube. Yeah, I would think immediate comes to mind. You have an event and you invite out the top YouTubers from the area and you make it, you make your gym cool. So the goal is just so when people are in the area, they come visit your gym. The only reason I would spend marketing budget on that is if I was a chain of gyms and I wanted people to know about my chain and that I was cool and I was the one to visit no matter where you are in the US or in Europe or wherever the thing is. So I would just try to be friendly and nice and work with YouTubers. We produce and work with a lot of YouTube content. And when gyms are really great to work with, and we say, can we set here? Can we have this? And they say yes, happily. And we have a setter that they give us for the day while we shoot. We love those gyms. And we talk about those gyms. And we give them a shout out in the video. And I don't know, I'd be accommodating is mostly the, is really the most 
simple advice for gyms. Most times it's not really what they should be spending time on. Again, going back to budget, it's a huge budget ask to have a, to make good content. And again, going back to my point of target audience, YouTube's going to go broad. That's broadcasting. You guys need to be working more on sales and customer service. I think that's all of social media. That should be your approach because hundreds is the goal. Tens of people is the goal, not thousands. Yeah, YouTube isn't really optimized for the the messaging and the commenting. Well, the commenting, but that funnel looks a lot different. So maybe what I'm hearing from you is, yeah, YouTube big in the future for brands. And don't be surprised if it continues to be a powerhouse in the media scape, but maybe gyms can optimize and leverage Instagram still in a, in a more powerful way. And so, yeah, you didn't address why Instagram isn't dead. I'd love to hear your, your commentary about, there. I was about to say, and with that said, it's not YouTube, it's not TikTok. And you're like, where else is it? It's like, no, I think it's still Instagram. I think we got, I think we got a couple of years. I'm not too worried for at least 18 months. At the very least, I know that sounds like not that far, but I don't, I don't know where it's going. I, I always feel like attention is going to go from one place to another and there's no obvious place for it to be going. So it's going to YouTube, it's going to TikTok, but Instagram's not going anywhere. Like, I don't know. That's the, so cool off, cool off post frequency. If you're not, if you're not, if you need to be focused on sales and cool off on Instagram is dead. Those are my, my two hot takes, I guess. Excellent. Still worth it. And then just on the broadest level, and we've covered a lot of this, maybe it's just a recap moment, but you know, what do you think in the framework of climbing gyms? You know, what's, what's the big opportunity if you find a climbing gym that's really not, you've got a little profile, they got some followers and they're not really doing a lot of active high value work yet. If you know what, what's the low hanging fruit? What's the big opportunity for them to move in? What should a climbing gym do in Instagram to make it worth whatever investment they throw at it? What's the magic pill? You got, you got one? (laughs) Uh, yeah, I think I'll just go back to the the recap I gave. I think it's step one and two of my little mini three-step thing here. Define an audience, target audience and goals. That should be pretty simple. But again, it'll be good for you to write on paper, get 10 new members a month, two new members a month, not you know, whatever that is. Like, Be clear on that. And then step two is just set up the profile. Make it clear on the location, why they should visit you. What's the first step? I talked to a gym recently and I said, What's the, do you guys have like an intro special? What's the first thing you want a person to do? And they're like, stared at me blank. And they had no idea what the first thing I was like, well, that's a, that seems like a good thing to probably know what the top thing that we want people to know about is. Right. One of those, we probably don't want to fire hose them with, we do yoga and fitness and, and this, and we set great routes. It's like, come check out our gym. We have a free intro lesson or a half price, whatever your intro offer is, if you have one. That's pretty good to get across of like, where do you want to send people to? Because otherwise you'll set up all this info and it'll just be all the info and not clear and concise. So I could spend a long time talking about profile, but that is the core. Like treat it. Another good test you could do with this is set up the profile how you think. Show it to your staff members. Don't say anything. Just have them talk out what they're thinking and see where their brain goes and what questions come to mind. And then take that same thing and go to like a coffee shop or someone or your friends and family and hand the phone to them and see what questions and they ask. Cause you slowly realize, Oh, 
obviously it's a climbing gym and obviously we're here in Denver and obviously it's like, well, no, it's not obvious. Like my friend just handed me this, <laughs> just told me about the gym and I have all these questions. So really pushing yourself to think through what info needs to be there and not a bunch of fluff and overwhelm people. Fair enough. I'm hearing treat it professionally, know what you're going for, refine your offer, and then, um, yeah, jump in and, and make it work. So I think we're probably getting to the end of this time. I, is there anybody that you want to shout out? Anybody, uh, if you give, you've been doing this work professionally for two years, you, you started your profiles almost, you know, five, six years ago. Is there anybody that's been a really big influence that you haven't mentioned yet, or you'd like to mention again, just, uh, in closing? Yeah, maybe I'll give a shout out to the the few people I connected with first back in 2018. There was only two or three people. I'm trying to think of the third. There was two people I definitely remember that I actually had conversations with when I was a nobody, which is which is saying something. I try to do this now with other people that reach out. It was Tom. Tom connected with me and actually responded to random DMs and said, hey, I'm trying to organize this crazy thing. Can you share this to your story? Or like all this random stuff I tried to do. Long DMs. No idea who we were. We hadn't connected before. He actually responded to that. That was crazy. Same other person was uh, Jackie, owner of Kilter. She was the other person that, again, out of nowhere, responded to my random <laughs> requests and stuff. So I think those two people are like, always are like, yeah, they, it was cool to actually connect and they gave the time of day to someone who shouldn't have had any of their time. So I feel a little bit about that with you. When we first talked, I just, it was Right away, you gave me the time of day. You put your mind on our problem at, at CBJ, like what what our challenges are, and uh, you said some really helpful things and helped guided. So I I've had a I really appreciate that. I'm sure you do that with everybody that calls you. And uh, my immediate takeaway, not only watching you in the market space from afar, but the moment I talked with you, I was like, wow. Sam's going to go far. This thing is going to, this thing is going to take off. And, and you've proven that I'm really impressed by where Climbers Craig is going. Here's a little, we'll make a little plug here for Climbers Craig. If anybody uh, needs Instagram help or YouTube help, or just wants to learn a li- little bit about how to optimize their social media, check out his profile, check out their website. They've got some great free advice. We've got an article on CBJ that, that, that Sam wrote that has some great, free, great advice. And then, and then you call them up. They do a full social media management and even can dip into the content creation with you. And uh, it's been a pleasure to talk with you, Sam. I hope that our readers learned some things. I, I have a feeling there was some really valuable nuggets in there. Totally. And like I, I like to extend on all the podcasts and since I know if you just spent an hour or however long this ends up being, spend an hour, I want to like give back in some way and say thank you for taking the time and also hit me up with any questions over email. Like genuinely, just like Scott said, I jump on calls quite often with people just to, to help out and genuinely, sometimes it works out where a partnership makes sense, but sometimes it really doesn't. And that's, that's all good. The numbers work out if I jump on enough of them. So I'm, I'm going to keep doing it. So if you want just a free chat, like hit me up with any questions over email, sam at climberscrag.com and I'll, I'll respond and I'll help out however I can. And that might be with us doing work. It might not be. I don't really care. I just want to help us all out. Sam, thank you so much for the time. It's been a pleasure talking with you. Yeah, yeah. All good. Thanks, Scott. 
Thanks for listening, everybody. That was fun, getting into the nitty-gritty details about how to leverage Instagram for your climbing gym. If you enjoyed this or got value, please share it with your friends, check out our other episodes, and uh, follow us on Instagram and our other channels. See you next time.